Uniformity with God's Will by St. Alphonsus de Liguori Chapter 1 Excellence of this Virtue Perfection is founded entirely on the love of God. Charity is the bond of perfection. And perfect love of God means the complete union of our will with God. The principal effect of love is so to unite the wills of those who love each other as to make them will the same thing. It follows, then, that the more one unites his will with the divine will, the greater will be his love of God. Mortification, meditation, receiving Holy Communion, acts of fraternal charity are all certainly pleasing to God, but only when they are in accordance with His will. When they do not accord with God's will, He not only finds no pleasure in them, but He even rejects them utterly and punishes them. To illustrate, a man has two servants. One works unremittingly all day long, but according to his own devices. The other conceivably works less, but he does do what he is told. This latter, of course, is going to find favor in the eyes of his master. The other will not. Now, in applying this example, we may ask, why should we perform actions for God's glory if they are not going to be acceptable to him? God does not want sacrifices, the prophet Samuel told King Saul, but he does want obedience to his will. Doth the Lord desire holocausts and victims, and not rather that the voice of the Lord should be obeyed? For obedience is better than sacrifices, and to hearken rather than to offer the fat of rams, because it is like the sin of witchcraft to rebel, and like the crime of idolatry to refuse to obey. The man who follows his own will independently of God's is guilty of a kind of idolatry. Instead of adoring God's will, he, in a certain sense, adores his own. The greatest glory we can give to God is to do His will in everything. Our Redeemer came on earth to glorify His heavenly Father and to teach us by His example how to do the same. St. Paul represents Him saying to His eternal Father, Sacrifice and oblation thou wouldst not, but a body thou hast fitted to me. Then said I, Behold, I come to do thy will, O God. Our Lord frequently declared that he had come on earth not to do his own will, but solely that of his Father. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. He spoke in the same strain in the garden when he went forth to meet his enemies who had come to seize him and to lead him to death. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father hath given me commandment, so do I. Arise, and let us go hence. Furthermore, he said he would recognize as his brother him who would do his will. Whosoever shall do the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother. To do God's will. This was the goal upon which the saints constantly fixed their gaze. They were fully persuaded that in this consists the entire perfection of the soul. Blessed Henry Suzo used to say, It is not God's will that we should abound in spiritual delights, but that in all things we should submit to His holy will. Those who give themselves to prayer, says St. Teresa, 
should concentrate solely on this, the conformity of their wills with the divine will. They should be convinced that this constitutes their highest perfection. The more fully they practice this, the greater the gifts they will receive from God, and the greater the progress they will make in the interior life. A certain Dominican nun was vouchsafed a vision of heaven one day. She recognized there some persons she had known during their mortal life on earth. It was told her these souls were raised to the sublime heights of the seraphs on account of the uniformity of their wills with that of God's during their lifetime here on earth. Blessed Henry Suzo said of himself, I would rather be the vilest worm on earth by God's will than be a seraph by my own. During our sojourn in this world, we should learn from the saints now in heaven how to love God. The pure and perfect love of God they enjoy there consists in uniting themselves perfectly to His will. It would be the greatest delight of the seraphs to pile up sand on the seashore or to pull weeds in a garden for all eternity, if they found out such was God's will. Our Lord Himself teaches us to ask to do the will of God on earth, as the saints do it in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because David fulfilled all his wishes, God called him a man after his own heart. I have found David, a man according to my own heart, who shall do all my will. David was always ready to embrace the divine will, as he frequently protested, My heart is ready, O God, my heart is ready. He asked God for one thing alone, to teach him to do his will. A single act of uniformity with the divine will suffices to make a saint. While Saul was persecuting the church, God enlightened him and converted him. What does Saul do? Nothing else but to offer himself to do God's will. Lord, what wilt thou have me do? In return, the Lord calls him a vessel of election and an apostle of the Gentiles. Absolutely true, because he who gives his will to God gives him everything. He who gives his goods in alms, his blood in scourgings, his food in fasting, gives God what he has. But he who gives God his will gives himself, gives everything he is. Such a one can say, Though I am poor, Lord, I give thee all I possess. But when I say I give thee my will, I have nothing left to give thee. This is just what God does require of us. My son, give me thy heart. We cannot offer God anything more pleasing than to say, Take us, Lord. We give thee our entire will. Only let us know thy will, and we will carry it out. If we would completely rejoice the heart of God, let us strive in all things to conform ourselves to His divine will. Let us not only strive to conform ourselves, but also to unite ourselves to whatever dispositions God makes of us. Conformity signifies that we join our wills to the will of God. Uniformity means more. It means that we make one will of God's will and ours, so that we will only what God will that God's will alone is our will. 
This is the summit of perfection, and to it we should always aspire. This should be the goal of all our works, desires, meditations, and prayers. To this end we should always invoke the aid of our holy patrons, our guardian angels, and above all, of our Mother Mary, the most perfect of all the saints, because she most perfectly embraced the divine will. Chapter 2 Uniformity in All Things The essence of perfection is to embrace the will of God in all things, prosperous or adverse. In prosperity, even sinners find it easy to unite themselves to the divine will. But it takes saints to unite themselves to God's will when things go wrong and are painful to self-love. Our conduct in such instances is the measure of our love of God. St. John of Avila used to say, One blessed be God in times of adversity is worth more than a thousand acts of gratitude in times of prosperity. Furthermore, we must unite ourselves to God's will, not only in things that come to us directly from His hands, such as sickness, desolation, poverty, death of relatives, but likewise in those we suffer from man, for example, contempt, injustice, loss of reputation, loss of temporal goods, and all kinds of persecution. On these occasions, we must remember that, whilst God does not will the sin, He does will our humiliation, poverty, or mortification, as the case may be. It is certain and of faith that whatever happens, happens by the will of God. From God come all things, good as well as evil. We call adversities evil. Actually, they are good and meritorious when we receive them as coming from God's hands. Good things and evil, life and death, poverty and riches are from God. It is true, when one offends us unjustly, God does not will his sin, nor does he concur in the sinner's bad will. But God does, in a general way, concur in the material action by which such a one strikes us, robs us, or does us an injury so that God certainly wills the offense we suffer, and it comes to us from his hands. Thus the Lord told David he would be the author of those things he would suffer at the hands of Absalom. I will raise up evils against thee out of thy own house, and I will take thy wives before thy face and give them to thy neighbor. Hence, too, God told the Jews that, in punishment for their sins, he would send the Assyrians to plunder them and spread destruction among them. The Assyrian is the rod and staff of my anger. I will send him to take away the spoils. Assyrian wickedness served as God's scourge for the Hebrews, is St. Augustine's comment on this text. And our Lord himself told St. Peter that his sacred passion came not so much from man as from his father. The chalice which my father hath given me Shall I not drink it? When the messenger came to announce to Job that the Sabaeans had plundered his goods and slain his children, he said, The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. He did not say, The Lord hath given me my children and possessions, and the Sabaeans have taken them away. He realized that adversity had come upon him by the will of God. Therefore he added, As it hath pleased the Lord, so it is done. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
We must not, therefore, consider the afflictions that come upon us as happening by chance or solely from the malice of men. We should be convinced that what happens, happens by the will of God. This has been taken from Uniformity with God's Will by St. Alphonsus de Liguori, translated by Father Thomas Tobin and published by Tan Books. For more information, contact Tan Books and Publishers, Post Office Box 424, Rockford, Illinois, 61105. This has been Christian Classics with Teresa Hofer. Listen every Monday through Friday at this time as Teresa continues her great readings and selections from classic Christian literature right here on the Ave Maria Radio Network, news and talk for Catholic and other Christians.